Welcome to the podcast of Temple Baptist Theological Seminary of Bruton Parker College. This podcast is focused on encouraging and equipping pastors by way of ministry discussions, personal interviews, and theological explorations where we desire to merge ministry and theology. Today, I'm very privileged to have Dr. Al Wright with us. He is a part of the continuing series of our podcast series related to hermeneutics and homiletics. Dr. Wright is a longtime pastor, as well as one of the professors for us here at Temple Baptist Theological Seminary. So, Al, so glad to have you in the podcast today. And if you don't mind, take just a moment and give us a quick overview of your uh, experience and your background and what you've been doing all these years. Well, thank you, Dr. Gregory. It is an honor to be with you on the podcast. I'm a native Georgian, was raised in Georgia in the little town of Lincoln, Georgia, where in 1968, I met Jesus. I would say I found him, but he found me because I was searching for meaning in my life and I had none. He found me and he saved me and he rescued me and gave me great grace and mercy And I began to learn at that time what it really means to follow Jesus. I had no background in the church. I had no background in the Bible. I I knew nothing. And so I'm starting from scratch, uh, eager to learn, eager to grow. And uh, during the first couple of years of being discipled and growing as a believer, it became clear to me that God was calling me to preach. Uh, I had little knowledge of what that actually meant. But I knew I was supposed to take that Bible and help people understand it. And God would use that to bring people. I prayed to Jesus and uh, began to preach and serve churches in Georgia. 1976, I moved off to seminary primarily because my barrel was empty and I needed help. So I stayed in seminary from 1976 to 1985, came back to Georgia and have been serving in the state of Georgia, various places. Uh, Most recently, I was privileged to be the pastor at First Baptist Church Waynesboro for 31 years, which was uh, a testimony, frankly, and and I don't mean this in any way I pray of false humility. It's just a testimony to the greatness of the grace of God and his mercy. I intended to be in Waynesboro two years. That was my plan. I stayed 31 and I retired from that pastorate, but uh, I don't think any, uh, any man who's called of God to preach can ever retire from preaching and teaching God's word. So I'm still at it and loving it and serving as an interim uh, right now and have the great honor of being a part of the faculty at Temple Baptist. And uh, I'm very grateful to God for all the ways that he has blessed me in these early months of retirement. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And for those who are listening, Dr. Wright teaches a lot of our New Testament courses at the graduate level. He has been a student of the New Testament for many, many years, excels in Greek as well. So we're very thankful to have him as a part of our faculty here. As we're thinking about this podcast series, I've really focused upon the concepts of hermeneutics and homiletics. And because you teach our hermeneutics class at the graduate level, I thought it'd be really helpful to have some interaction with you. And that's coupled with the fact that you've been preaching all these years. So you just seem to be a natural person to interview related to these two topics. I want to just dig in for a few moments with the questions that I've provided for you in advance. 
And I'm asking these same questions to all of the different podcast guests that I've had and will have over this series, because I think it gives us some touch points, some benchmarks to go back and review and to think further as we can compare what everyone has to say. But the first question I would ask simply is, what is a sermon? Well, I expect uh, you could get all kinds of responses to uh, that question, depending on the perspective from which people are coming. I think it's helpful to know something about what a sermon isn't. A sermon isn't a lecture, although every sermon should include teaching elements. A sermon is not a compendium of stories although a good sermon has to include some kinds of supporting illustrations. Sermon is not a biographical narrative, although there are people who disagree about this, but uh, sometimes sermons uh, necessarily should include information about the preacher and things that may be going on in his life as he is uh, growing in maturity, just like the people to whom he preached. Uh, a, A sermon fundamentally is the unfolding of a passage of scripture in a way that ultimately gives glory and praise to the God who gives us scripture and enables the people who are listening to the sermon to have a better understanding of the passage in such a way that they can know what the passage meant, past tense in its setting And then the preacher's task, frankly, working at, praying for the power of the Holy Spirit and anointing upon the preaching to communicate what the passage meant in its various contexts, and then to build a bridge to meaning so that what it meant is connected correctly with what it means so that the doctrine of the passage is connected correctly to the application of the passage. And I think that is, to me, the greatest challenge of preaching is making sure that bridge connects on both ends, that you can cross it and it not be a shaky structure because uh, you can see as you're developing the sermon and as people are listening to it, you can see the connections between what it meant and what it means between doctrine and application. And ultimately, a sermon always, I think, has to be, not I think, I know, has to be grounded in a biblical text. And Amen. We want people to know the Bible and to be able to practically apply the scripture to their lives. What you've given us is, I think, a pretty good encapsulation of both the process of hermeneutics as well as then bridging into homiletics. You've hinted at, but I think let's expand this a little further. What is the exact purpose then of a sermon? Because when you think about interpretation, what it meant, as you said very aptly, and then what it means in terms of application, then bringing it to us today, what then do we see as the primary purpose of that sermon? What is it that we hope happens as the delivery of God's word takes place? Well, uh, I think first and foremost, we have, should have, every preacher should have the same goal that the Apostle Paul had, that he made it his aim in everything he did to bring pleasure to God, to please God. So the ultimate aim of any sermon is to, to please God. And what pleases God, uh, I believe in preaching, is sermons that exalt the Lord Jesus. 
so that the center of the sermon is the very center of the Bible. So it is bringing people through the text to a place where they see Jesus and they understand how he is operating in that passage. And as they see Jesus in the passage, then it's the power of the Holy Spirit to draw them to him. So the preaching of the word of God pleases God when we exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it's the power of the spirit of God operating through the word of God that draws people to Jesus. Unbelievers to Jesus to bow before him as Lord and believers to Jesus to remember who he is and who we are as we grow in the grace and knowledge of God through the preaching of the word of God. So uh, one of the ultimate goals of preaching is to preach in such a way that the text becomes clear and we see that this passage is for us. It's for us in terms of either coming to Jesus in uh, the step of faith to begin the journey of following him or to be edified to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. Excellent. Excellent. I've long believed that if we help people encounter and experience Christ as revealed in his word, through his word, that then change ultimately happens as a result of that encounter. We become more like him. We begin to function in a way that is more Christ-like. We begin to experience God's work in our lives as we join him working in, in the world. So all of these things, I think, take place. Thank you. Excellent. Next question simply is, what is the distinction between preaching a sermon and teaching a biblical lesson? You actually touched on that just a moment ago when we began the discussion, but what do you think is the difference? I'm not the first one to say this, obviously, but uh, it's been very helpful for me to remember that all preaching includes teaching. So you can't preach the Word of God without teaching. There is informational instruction in, or should be in every sermon. Things that people do not know that they need to know uh, that are going on in the text that they will not know unless they are taught. So part of every sermon is teaching. But on the other side, teaching is different from preaching. You can you can't preach without teaching. You can teach without preaching. Teaching is is directed toward primarily, not entirely, but primarily toward the mind. It is, it is growing, a student is growing in the knowledge of God. He is informing, or his intellect is being informed by the transformational work of the Word of God through the teaching of the Word of God. Preaching is designed, I think, to provide that informational element while at the same time, through the power of the Spirit of God, addressing the emotions, the affections, and moving people in their affections toward transformation. And that transformation is not just a transformation of feelings. It is the renewing of the mind. It is Paul's admonition that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to experience through the word of God and the spirit of God, the renewing of our mind. And that's God's work through preaching. I think one of the dangers is in teaching is that uh, we can get so focused. Pastors can do this. Uh, professors can do this. We can get so focused on the intellectual element, the mental component, that we forget that even while we're teaching, even when we're teaching a class online, we better hope and pray the Holy Spirit is present in power working through <laughs> us 
it, because Amen. you're teaching the Word of God, and the power of the Word of God is not in the professor or the preacher. It's in the Spirit of God working through the Word of God. So they're closely connected, but uh, you can do teaching without doing preaching. You can never do preaching without doing teaching. It is interesting to me that that similar theme has been voiced by a couple of our other podcast uh, individuals as well. So apparently there is this recurring theme about the distinction between those two. It's very interesting. That would actually be something that we could come back and maybe do another whole podcast on would be a roundtable discussion about the distinctions between preaching and teaching. And that's something that I might try to put together in the future. One thing that I always try to grasp, and this is a part of my experience as a practitioner of this, since I've been in the ministry for 40 something years and preached for uh, close to 40 years and all these things God has been doing in my life as well is the actual process of developing sermons. So what I would wonder, would you describe succinctly your process for sermon development? Yeah, it has changed through the years. Uh, It has, I hope, grown (laughs) and matured. You know, I have found, uh, Dr. Gregory, that there are, and, and this is in part a caricature, but there are two kinds of preachers in terms of preparation. There are guys that they devote a day or two a week to sermon preparation. They're developing what they're going to do on Sunday, on Friday and Saturday, or Thursday and Friday, or something like that. Some of them even just one day a week, and they devote the whole day to that. I've never been able to do that. I think I would have a heart attack if I tried to do it that way. I, I just can't. So several years ago, I developed, based on my own personality and approach to scripture and so forth, I developed my own kind of thing that I don't know of anybody else who does that. So if somebody listens and they do it, (laughs) I would be blessed if they would let me know. Let's say this coming Sunday, uh, I'm preaching this Sunday, and my preparation doesn't begin on Thursday of this week. My preparation began Thursday of the previous week. On Thursday of that week, since I primarily preach through books of the Bible, I know what's coming. I know that the sermon is John 11, 1 through 60. So I'm going to spend Thursday, a part of Thursday, not all day, but maybe an hour, hour and a half, and I'm going to work through the Greek text of John 11, 1 through 16. I'm going to look at the context, the larger context in John, the immediate context, and I want a framework. And when I get done with that, I want to identify the words, the phrases, in the Greek text that um, that are alerts to me. Uh, I want to know what that word means. What does it really mean? Jesus says about Lazarus, for example, he's sleeping. Well, I, I want to see how that word is used in the New Testament, in the Septuagint, uh, what's the Hebrew background for that word, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just have that all on a, a notepad. I mean, I've got notes everywhere. So on Friday, I'm going to come back and I'm going to begin doing the research. I'm not yet at commentaries. I'm not doing word studies, examining the words, phrases. Again, I'm I'm just in the language now. I'm not even looking at an English text. I'm just trying to get into the language and get that into me. And I'll do that on Friday. 
On Saturday, I don't do anything related to that because the sermon that I began the previous Thursday, I got to preach on Sunday. So I look at my notes and look at the text. Typically on Monday is when I come back to now I've done all the spade work. I've dug in and gotten all the word studies done and so forth. So on Monday, I'm going to write down an outline. How does this text move? Because I really believe that if you have, if I have a pattern for preaching a sermon and I'm fitting every text into that pattern, I'm making a big mistake. The text shapes the sermon, not the sermon, the text. I'm looking at how the text flows, how the text moves. How does it develop? And that development is going to shape the sermon. Now, you know, I'm a Baptist, Southern Baptist, so I know that God ordered the text so there are three points in every sermon. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not true. Some texts don't conform to that pattern. They, They move in a different way. So I want to see how the text flows. And so I'm what I'm looking for is that structure. And I lay out that structure as the text unfolds the structure. Now, I want, that's on Monday. On Tuesday, I go to the commentaries. I usually have five, six, seven commentaries and I'll look at them and I look at them to make sure I haven't done anything stupid. (laughs) That I haven't come up with some interpretation that nobody else knows about. I'm in the mainstream. And by the way, I think it's important for us to use commentaries from different perspectives. We all have our own theological niches and peculiarities. If you only read in that peculiarity or niche, you're making a big mistake. We can learn from all kinds of people. Now, I want to learn from people, frankly, that believe, as I do, that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible, fully sufficient word of God. Amen. I don't want to be. I don't want to be reading any liberals out there that are going to uh, write in a way that is not in keeping with what is the nature and character of the text. I'm going to look at commentators that are the best of the best among conservative evangelicals. Now that's Tuesday. Then Wednesday morning, when I get up Wednesday morning, my goal is before I go to bed that night, I'm going to have a manuscript and a sermon outline. Now. The thing that I'm most interested in getting ready to preach the sermon, because I still spend time with the sermon Thursday and Friday. This is what I found that if you're as a preacher, we spend a lot of time with the sermon. We spend a lot of time in preparation. We know what we are going to say. The people who listen to us don't. And in our age, when people's attention span is (laughs) so short, I think that uh, the thing I pay most attention to is the transitions from one movement to the next, from the introduction to the main body of the sermon. I want to do it in such a way that that I take people with me. I want to tell them where I'm going. I want to invite them to come along in some way, and I want them to know that we're making a shift. I think that helps people. And uh, so uh, I want to make sure that's the most important part of the sermon, the one or two sentences that are going to take me from one section to another section, because I don't, I mean, you and I, we all know this as preachers. When people are listening to us preach, they get about what a half or a third. They don't get it all. And some of them doze off during the time. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to carry them along with me. So, Wednesday is when I write, and then Thursday I start for the 
following Sunday. That's my way I do it and the way I've done it now for 25 plus years. And, and just one other thing here, I, I, I think this is important to know. I, I find among young preachers, one of the things that frustrates them that they've got to get over is everything you learn in preparation for a sermon, you don't have to use on Sunday. You don't have to use usually half of it. Come back again later and save those notes and preach something different. Come at that text from a different angle. Every sermon has one. Um, I think it was Haddon Robinson that uses the phrase sermon in a sentence. That's another thing I do. Before I write, I take that. I want to get that whole text, what I'm going to say, what I believe God wants me to say about that text, I'm going to put it in one sentence. That becomes my sermon. I've told people in a church once, and one of the leaders of the church said, well, if you can say it in one sentence, why do you take 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I've done it for years. Yeah. But what you've shared is actually what I would consider to be some best practices or things to avoid as well, which we'll come back in a little bit and talk about further. What about the uh, various types of sermons and what is your preferred style? And while you're not a you know, our homiletics professor, you certainly have a great deal of experience in thinking about and planning for sermons. So give us a quick overview, at least in, from your perspective, of what you consider to be the various types of sermons and which is your preferred style. Well, there are textual sermons. I just came back from Zambia and most Africans preach textual sermons. They zero in on a text. They explore the theme of that text. They're really good at doing that, by the way. I think they must have gotten that from Spurgeon because Spurgeon did that. There are topical sermons. Topical sermons often are necessary. There are doctrinal sermons, preaching a series through the great doctrines of the church. There are biographical sermons that can be very helpful to people. There are sermons that I think every preacher should preach not every Sunday, but from time to time, preach a series on uh, the books of the Bible. Take a whole sermon, introduce people to Genesis, how Genesis works within the framework of the Pentateuch, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's important. I think the, the way I've preached for years is to preach through books of the Bible and to do so expositionally. I think one of the things that I've seen us be confused about is we equate expositional preaching with preaching through books of the Bible. That is not a one-to-one -one correspondence. Expositional preaching is simply that we make the focus of the text the focus of the sermon. You can do that in preaching a topical sermon. You can do that in preaching a textual sermon. As I was listening to men in Africa last week preach textual sermons, by that I mean they read one text and they zero in on that text. But as I listen to them, they're preaching everything before and after that text too. They're preaching expositionally, but it would be characterized by many as a textual sermon. So expositional preaching is simply making sure that at the end of the day, the, the focus of the passage from which we're preaching is the focal point of the sermon. I favor that above all because the power of the preaching is not in the preacher. It's in the word of God. So make sure people get the word delivered to them. Amen. I'd like to bring some conclusion to our discussion with these last two questions about best practices 
or, and correspondingly, what should you avoid as a preacher? Just a few thoughts on those two questions. I think uh, best practices is uh, for a, uh, a preacher, and I, th- I do think this is a hard thing to learn, to know the most important thing that you do as a preacher is to preach. So make sure every week uh, you know that Sunday's coming and you make as a priority your uh, faithful preparation in prayer and in study of uh, understanding, knowing the text from which you're preaching and being able to preach it in a way that shows that you've been, that during the week you spent time with God in prayer and that you've, you've saturated yourself in that text. I think it's also important for the preacher to realize, recognize that preaching is a conversation. I don't use a manuscript, but I write a manuscript every week. If a preacher uses a manuscript and is stuck on the manuscript to make sure he gets every word right, then he needs to learn how to trust the Holy Spirit in the act of preaching and engage with his eyes those to whom he is preaching. Uh, Dr. Gregory, you and I have been preaching long enough that we know that on a Sunday we can be in a congregation where we notice certain things in the midst of preaching where we're prompted, we pray by the Holy Spirit to address issues that are in the text that we never intended to address. That's important to preaching. The the thing that I think that we have to be careful about in terms of uh, avoiding is the preacher has to know, uh, there's tension here, but the preacher has to know the most important task he has is preparing to preach and preaching the word of God while at the same time being a faithful pastor. You can't divorce those two. They have to be together. The more you know your people, the better preacher you become, simply because you know them. Uh, The less you know your people, uh, the less effective you become as a preacher. When you're preparing a sermon, you should be able to see people's faces that are in your congregation, know what they're going through. So you can know that you are, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, addressing those needs. So you have to see preaching as the primary priority, but not get so engulfed that you cease being a pastor. Balance your time between the time you spend in your study and the time you spend with your people. If you balance that time, then God, I believe, will bless your ministry and use you. I think there's some benefit in that because as you know your people more, you're able to understand what they need, what they need to hear, what they need to experience. And one of the prayers that I often prayed throughout the course of my preaching ministry as a full-time senior pastor was, very simply, Lord, what do my people here need to hear? Mm. If you know the people and you're spending that time alone with the Lord, you know, preparing in your heart to preach that word, the Lord will merge those two. And the Lord will bring to your heart and mind even certain passages that might be exactly what's needed for your congregation at that moment. So I, I agree with what you've shared. I appreciate that. Dr. Wright, it has been a great privilege to have you as a part of our podcast series and certainly to have you on faculty with us. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. 
Temple Baptist Theological Seminary is a division of Bruton Parker College, which is an institution of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Temple Baptist Theological Seminary affirms the inerrancy of Scripture and teaches within the framework of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. For more information concerning Temple Baptist Theological Seminary and Bruton Parker College, go to temple.bpc.edu or bpc.edu.